Morning and, and happy new year again. And, and uh, this year, as we begin uh, 2012, a new year, I pray that you and your family are exceptionally blessed uh, by God in this new year. And, and I know for so many of you, uh, you here today that it's been, it's been a tough year. And you're actually relieved that the year is coming to a close and you're looking forward to the beginning of a new one. And as we begin this new year, uh, we're beginning this series called, called Game Plan. And if you've been out in the lobby, you may have seen some of these, uh, these uh, postcards here. And uh, we actually encourage you to take some of these postcards as you're leaving here today and uh, hand them out at work, at school, uh, wherever you go during the week. Invite your family, invite your friends, because the, we've been so excited about, uh, about sharing this series with you. And the idea behind this series is, is how to have a championship season. And uh, the idea today is that uh, to see the victory, how to, how to kick off the new year uh, on a good start, uh, on, on, a, on a good, good start. So, um, uh, and so just like our favorite teams, whether your favorite team is a, a football team or, or a baseball team or, or basketball or whatever your favorite team is, we all like to win, right? We all like to experience winning at some time or another. And I remember in high school, and I grew up in New England, and, and I got to tell you, high school football, not nearly as big as it is here as it is in New England. Uh, if your team wins or loses, no one really cares. And we, we're not producing a lot of football, you know, professional football players in New England. And, uh, but I remember in high school, and, you know, we had a football team. Uh, but my high school team, we were on like a four-year losing streak. I mean, it was, it was awful. And, I mean, they were the joke of the school. I mean, even the students who were like their fans, we would joke about how bad our, our football team is. And, and but... But I know deep down inside, the truth is we wanted our football team to win. I mean, who doesn't? We all want to experience a win. And I think finally, like my senior year of high school, we won like two games and like we celebrated like it was like a Super Bowl championship or something. <laughs> but, but again, the point is we all want to see a victory at some point in our lives or, or another. And, and God wants each of us to have our own championship season. And today we're, we're going to start by, um, in the book of Isaiah, um, in the 43rd chapter. God was actually speaking to the people of Israel. And if you get a chance to, to read the whole chapter, you know, as you leave here today, um, he went, you see that God went through, a very, went through a list of very powerful promises. Uh, and this, I believe, would be a, a promise God would make to many of us. And, I'm gonna, and the, the verse I want to focus on today is Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 and 19, and it says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And today I believe God may be speaking very directly to you after reading this. He, he wants to do a new thing in your life, a new thing in, in a new year. And this new thing that, that he wants to do in your life may, may be the victory we, victory we all need in 2012. Some of you today may be facing something uh, today, and I don't, know, I don't know, you know what you're facing today. But some of you here today may be saying, I don't know how in the world I, I can make it through this. It's bad and it's hard and, and I don't see a way out. And God may be saying, no, I see a way where no one else sees a way. I'm going to do a new thing in your life if you'll just listen to me. How many of you here have made a, a New Year's resolution? 
Come on, we have, some people have to admit, I, there can't be this room full of people. How many made a, a New Year's resolution? You've honestly made a New Year's resolution. Okay, some of you brave people raised your hand. And, <coughs> um, but um, I got some bad news for those people that have made a New Year's resolution. <laughs> By the end of January, 40% of you that made New Year's resolutions will be down and out. Sorry to let you know, but all those... Those new workout clothes you got for Christmas, they just won't last. They're not, there's no point to getting them. Studies show that by Valentine's Day, 75% of those who made New Year's resolutions will not have kept up with them. Why is that? And actually, I'm not really quite sure the reason, reason but, but I believe many of us have made some good intentions with them, but they really weren't God intentions. And there really is a big difference between them. Many of us have some good intentions, some things that we want to, to accomplish, and I, want it, and I want to challenge you this year to go beyond, by, beyond just having good intentions. Uh, and I want, instead, I want you to have some God intentions, to listen to the Spirit of God, and, and I believe that He'll talk directly to you today and show you just one thing that He wants for you and from you, and, and, and this one thing that He wants us to do with in your lives. Today I'm going to ask you four one thing questions. And my prayer for you today is that that God will speak to your heart in having one God-centered thing that will happen to you this year. And I believe if you can truthfully answer these four one thing questions, you'll be on your way to having a championship season and on your way to having a victory in your life. One you know, one of my personal um, disciplines in life is, is, is that for the past few years, I've, I've sought out God going into a new year, asking him, you know, what is one thing, God, that you want from me? What is one thing, God, that you want me to be different in this, in this new year? I'm not going to have five New Year's resolutions this year. I'm going to have one thing that I believe is born out of the Spirit of God in my life that is going to be different. And you may ask me, you know, Andy, what, what's the big deal about that? And, and the reality is there's no, it's not really a big deal at all. But here's, here's what's the big deal. When you, when you have over a decade of, of, of 10 one things that are different in your life, that's 10 new disciplines or 10 new spiritual passions. When there's a decade of new things in your life, it can com- your life will look totally and completely different. So today I'm going to ask you four one-thing questions that I believe will, will, help, will help birth one spiritual thing that God wants you to do in your lives. In your prayer time as you're seeking God this year, what one thing do you desire from God? Above everything else, if God said to you, I will do one thing that you ask, what, one, what would be the one driving force in your prayer life before God this year? David, he, he asked for many different things, as, and he's described as a man after God's own heart. Perhaps the reason he was a man after God's own heart is because if he desired one thing, this is what he desired, and, and we read about it in, in Psalm chapter 27, verse 4. He says this, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. If I could have one thing, David says, I want to be with God. I, I want his presence. I need his goodness. 
I need to know that he is with me always. If there was one thing David says that I need to be, I need to be God, I need God to be with me in the good times and I need God to be with me in the bad times. If there is one thing that I desire above anything else, it is to dwell, to live in the presence of God. What one thing do you desire of God this year? And many of you may be at a place in your life right now where there's someone close to you and, and they're not a believer. And there is one thing that you want from God this year. It's for that person's uh, to life to, to bring them into a relationship with Jesus. So the driving force of your prayer this year would be, God, God, love this person into a relationship with you. Some of you, quite honestly, there may be an addiction or a stronghold, one thing that is keeping you from going further with God. <coughs> you may say, this isn't, this isn't just my New Year's resolution. This is a God burden. But I will no longer let this one thing keep me from fully pursuing God. And if there is one thing, God, I believe with all my heart that your Holy Spirit is going to give me the power to overcome this one thing this year. Some of you may look at your marriage and say, you know what? This is not where God wants it to be. If there is one thing you desire from God is that he would bring healing in your marriage. And you may, you may be tempted to ask God, God, God to, to fix your spouse and that, that they're making life miserable. It should be the one thing you, you want God to do is change your heart so he can heal your marriage. Some of you, you've been, you've been promising for a long time that you're going to slow down. Your, your life is busy. One day you're going to slow down. One day, one day, one day you're just going to slow down from the chaos of life. And yet the years have gone by and you're missing out, of li- out of, on life and, and your one thing this year may be, God, I need you to help me enjoy you and your presence and those around me. The one thing I need is I need you to do, to do life to the rhythms in your, of your grace and according to the patterns of this world. What one thing would you have God do for you in your life? Some of you, you, you may not be married yet and, your friend, and all your friends around you are getting married and, and, and your desire is, is that you, you, want, you want to find that someone. But, God, but maybe this year, your prayer is that, is that for, God, for God to be enough in your life. God, I need for you to be enough. God, I need to be satisfied with you this year. What one thing do you need from God? What one thing do you desire from God? Answer this question truthful, truthfully, and you'll be on your way to having a championship season. Second question I want to ask from God, from, from God is this. When it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your relationship with God, what one thing do you lack? What one thing is missing? In Mark chapter 10, there's an, there's an interesting story of a rich guy that, that he encountered Jesus. And the guy asked Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you need to obey the commands. And the guy says, check, check, check. Yep, I've done all those things. I'm good to go. And Jesus looked through his outward obedience and looked into his heart and saw a problem this guy didn't even know he had. And so Jesus said something to him he didn't say to anybody else. And he said to him, and we find this in verse 21 of Mark, it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lacked, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor 
and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. There is one thing in the way from you completely following Jesus. And, and for this one guy, it was the, those material possessions of the world. And it was, it was that desire for security from, from wealth. And, and Jesus said, the one thing that is in the way is, is you got to sell everything and then come follow me. Verse 22 in Mark, it says this, the Bible says this, at, at, the man, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And check this out. God specifically showed the, the rich man the one thing that he had lacked. And he was unwilling to do, the, and this guy was unwilling to do the one thing he, that would have benefited him spiritually. And may I say that, that there are many of you who, who over a period of years, God has shown you exactly what, what he needed you to do. The one thing that is lacking and yet you have completely abandoned it. Do a new thing. It's a new year. I believe with all my heart you will be obedient to the one thing that God shows you that you lack. What is it? Many of you have been, have been part of this church family for a long time, and, and you don't really have, you know, you don't have really a great Christian fellowship. Uh, are there people, you know, are, I wonder if are there people praying for you and holding you accountable? Perhaps this is the one thing that you need to do to spiritually take off. Many of you, you've been wrestling with, with, the, with the whole tithing thing. You know, I'll give my God my first and my best and trust him to bless the rest. You fought it and you fought it and you fought it. And perhaps the one thing that's the, um, that's the point where God is saying, do you really believe in me or do you not? Are you going to trust me or not? When it comes to your relationship with God, let me ask you this. What one thing do you lack? What one thing do you lack to move forward with God? What do you desire from God? If he would give you one thing, what would you ask him? The third thing I want to ask you today is this. What one thing in your life do you need to let go of? What one thing do you continue to, to, to can grip, grip that holds you back from where God wants you to be? What one thing do you need to let go of? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, a very, a very powerful chapter in Philippians chapter 3, he was, he was talking about how he wanted to know Christ. And I mean really know Christ. Not just know about him, but know him in the power of, of suffering like him. Paul says this in verse, verse 13 and 14. And he says, Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward, what is ahead? I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This one, this one thing I'm going to do, and, and you can almost see this as like, like one action. I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm straining on toward what is ahead. I'm pressing on. It's, it's one decision, fluid action. I must move forward. Now we don't exactly know what uh, what Paul was letting go of, but we do, we may have an idea. I mean, here was a guy, he was, he was, uh, he was that, he was personally said to have stoned Stephen. And he was, he was the, um, maybe he was letting go of that. He was the guy, um, here was the guy that persecuted the church. It could have been the pain he experienced suffering for Christ. I mean, here was the guy that five times he was whipped, whipped each time with 40 lashes across the back. 
Maybe he said, I've got to let go of that. I've got to let go. Here's a guy that was beaten three times with rods. He was a guy that was shipwrecked three times. He was a guy that was, was stoned. He was, he was stoned and left for dead. Perhaps Paul was saying this, I have to let go of all these things to move forward in my life. There are some of you here, and, and the reason you're not moving forward to where God wants you, you to be is because you're holding on to something from the past, and it's time to let go. It's time to let go. Someone hurt you, you're holding on to it, and you've, and you've got this unforgiveness in your heart. And you've got this bitterness. And God would say, I want something, I want to do something new. But you can't, you can't dwell in the past. You've got to forget what is behind, and you've got to press on. I am convinced that one of the biggest problems in, in marriages today is people will not let go of the past. Someone hurts you, and, and so you continue to punish them for what happened in the past. Some of you, some of you have, have failed at something, and, and you're holding on to that, and, and you're internalizing it. You're, you're wrongly believing that you're a failure because you messed up. I'm here to tell you you're not a failure. That is something that, is something that happened. That is not who you are. And you, and you need to let go of that and obey the and obey the, the faith risk that God, that God is telling you in your life. Some of, some of the most successful people in the world have, have failed before becoming successful, including people like Henry Ford, Bill Gates, Walt Disney, Albert Einstein, Isaac Newton, Thomas Edison, Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth. The list goes on and on. Some of you have let yourself down and you're thinking, God is going to hold this against me. It's been, for, it's been forgiven by God. You move forward. You let go of the pain of the past and, and you press on. Let it go. It's a new day and God is doing a new thing. What is one thing that you need to let go of so that you be, can become all that God wants you to become? The fourth question I want to ask you today is this. And, and I pray that this will speak many, to many of you today. What one promise do you need to claim? What one promise do you need to claim from God? In the Old Testament, David, he was a, he was a young man. And, and when he was anointed by Samuel to be the, the next king over Israel, Samuel came over and looked at all of Jesse's sons. Going handsome, but that's not him. Talented, but I don't, I don't want him. Strong, but that's not him. And he went down the line. Do you have any others, he said? And, and he was like, well, yeah, there's this runt. There's this little one in the pack, to, uh, you know, but you, you, you don't want him, but he, he just takes care of the sheep. You don't want that guy. David came, uh, and, and he was like, well, there, you know, after the run, I don't think that would be him, little run. David came up and God says, I don't, look at, I don't look at what people look at. I look at the heart. This is, this is the next king. And there was a promise that God gave. Many of you, you've, you've had a promise. You believe that God has shown you a vision in your future and it's not coming about. And you're going, where are you, God. That's exactly what happened to David. As soon, he was, uh, uh, as soon as he was anointed to be king, anointed to be the next king over Israel, it seemed like, like every time he'd take that one step forward and then there'd be that two steps backwards. 
Every time he'd have a victory, there would be Saul coming over him, coming over to him, trying to run him down and destroy him. And he'd move, he'd move forward and then back. The whole time he would be thinking, I don't see it, God. I know this is what you, what you said was going to happen, but I, I simply don't see it. And then there was this one particular time where he was running from Saul who was trying to kill him. And that's not a good thing when the king's after you trying to, to kill you. <clears throat> so he decided to go and hide among the Philistines, which, is, which he thought was a good idea. And he got there and he said, this probably isn't a good idea. So he had another stupid idea, which was to act crazy and make lots of noise and go nuts. And and all of a sudden, he got himself stuck between a rock and a hard place. And it didn't seem like anything was going the way it should. Psalm chapter 56, verse 9 through 10 says this. David says this. He says, Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me, and and God whose word I praise in the Lord whose word I praise. David is saying this, this one thing I know, God is for me. The, the enemies are coming after me. I, I don't know what to do. It's been, it's been three steps back and I'm scared to death. And I don't know what I'm supposed to, ha- and I don't know what's supposed to happen next. But the one thing I know beyond anything else, that God is for me. David goes on to say this in verse 11, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Some of you, God is going to give you a promise and you're going, you're going to hang on to it. And it will sustain you. It will sustain you like food nourishes your body. It will carry you when, when you are too weak. This one thing I know, what, what promise do you need to claim from God? In my life and in the, in the past few months and in my prayer life, you know, I've been telling God, we've been telling God, God, make me uncomfortable. God, God, take me out of my comfort zone. This is the prayer that we've been praying the past uh, few, few months. And I'll tell you what, he answered that prayer in me and Lindsay's life like a punch in the face. He has moved us over 700 miles north. He put us in a place where we have no family. We didn't know anyone when he moved here. He took us away from the warm Florida sun. It's like 80 degrees there today. It's supposed to be like 20 tomorrow. <laughs> and me and Lindsay were shopping for winter jackets the other day, and he, he made us uncomfortable. <laughs> be careful when you pray a dangerous prayer like that. There have been many times in my ministry when I've said, God, I am weak, and, and in all my weakness, I'm, I'm inadequate. And I'm just not good enough, and I'm not smart enough, and I'm too young. I don't know what to do. I am weak and inadequate. In my time of weakness, though, God has given me one promise that I still hold on to. In your weakness and in your inadequacy and the things that you can't do on your own, God says this, my strength will be made perfect. It's in those weaknesses that his strength is made perfect. What one promise from God do you need to claim? Many of you, you don't, you don't know the many promises. There are so many of them in the Bible that he has given to us. And I just picked out a few I want to share with you today. What does, so what does God promise? Well, God promises in his word to meet every need you have from his glorious riches. If you are hurting financially and you're afraid, God promises you he will meet every need you have. He promises that, that you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
Those of you that, are, that continue to go back into the repetitive sin, guess what? There is a way out. There is a power through Christ to help you overcome the temptation and the sin that has gripped you. There is a way out. God promises to forgive all of your sins if you are hurting today and, and the way to the past. I did it and I shouldn't have and I feel ashamed. Guess what? It's forgiven. God will, will, cast, will cast it into the sea of, of forgetfulness and he will remember it no more. God promises to make everything, even the bad things, especially the bad things. God promises to make everything work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God promises if, if you ever feel alone or abandoned, that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you forever. God promises to be your ever-present help in trouble. God promises to give you strength to, strength to the weary. He is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He promises to guide you and give you direction. Many of you, you don't know what to do next. What am I going to do? God will guide you. He is the good shepherd. You are the sheep. He promises to give you a peace that goes beyond your ability to, to understand. Many of you are, you are facing significant trials, and you don't, know what, if you don't know if you can get through it. Guess what? There is a peace where others will look on and say, how can, how can you be calm in the middle of this? And you say, I don't know. But God promised, and he's delivering. God promises to give you power to defeat Satan. To overcome the work of the evil one. You resist him and he will flee from you. God promises that nothing will separate you from his love. God promises that, that you are more than, than conquerors through Christ Jesus. For those of you that are not walking with God and you know it, God promises you eternal life through his son Christ Jesus, our Lord. <clears throat> there are some things that I don't know, but this one thing I do know. God is with me and God is with you. What one thing do you desire from God above all else? What one thing do you lack? What, what is the Holy Spirit showing you that you lack? Will you have the courage to obey the voice of God? What one thing do you need to let go of? It's time. Forget it. Let it go. Let it go and press forward. What one promise do you need to claim? Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. For our God is, is, is who is a good God, who is with you now. He's doing a new thing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, we just, we just come to you in prayer right now. Just thankful for, for a, a new day, a new year, God. And God, as we begin this new year, God, we pray that we can reflect upon these, these four one-thing questions. And God, we pray that we can ask them, we can answer them truthfully. God, what's that one thing you want us to do this year? God, we thank you for the way you love us and for the, the way you watch after us. God, we're most thankful just, just for your son, Jesus. And we mostly just thank you most of all for that. That death on the cross, God. God, we think about that death that, that, that happened on the cross and we think about our lives and we realize we don't deserve any bit of it. But God, it's through your grace that we're saved and we're just so most thankful for that. God, we just pray you continue to be with us in this new year.
God, we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.